As a thankful recipient of many, many skincare products over the years, I've learned to discern what is naturally actually activating my skin to rebalance and recalibrate on its own. That's what your skin is meant to be doing, and it keeps getting disrupted by all these choices that we make. So, when the founder and creator of Herbal Face Food reached out to me, I was all ears. I didn't know why at first. It turns out that Herbal Face Food is the most potent antioxidant skincare line on the market today, period. The raw plant ingredients in each of their products are never processed, never manipulated with synthetics or emulsifiers. These anti-aging botanicals are combined with the most precious plant concentrates, and they have changed my skin. Here's how. I'm going to talk about two of the products, the Herbal Face Food Serums and the Cream. The serums contain powerful phytoenzymes and antioxidants. These are activated and infused into your tissues. They hydrate and increase the resiliency of your skin, and they feel like they're plumping up your face. I use Serum 1 daily. I use Serum 2 when I'm tired and I need extra firming for my skin. And I use the X, which is also known as the Cure, for a small patch of rosacea that flares up every now and again, which you cannot see because of these products. When you feed your skin with herbal face food, you will feel real live ingredients at work. An activating flush, an invigorating tingle, some warmth, all of these are evidence of your skin healing at the cellular level and years of damage reversing. The cream is the most potent moisturizer I've ever tried, and I've tried them all. I live in the high desert. This cream contains 102 of the world's most powerful anti-aging botanicals and is also the world's first and only edible SPF <laughs> with a protection rating of SPF 50+. Plus. And this is accomplished 100% by plant power. And you can expect intense hydration, soothing for your tired skin. You can expect to see inflammation calmed and rebuilding of elasticity so your complexion looks and feels more smooth, and more radiant. Herbal face food is not plant-based. It's plant-powered. It has the highest rating on the ORAC anti-aging scale. ORAC means oxygen radical absorbance capacity. I never knew what that meant before. Highest, over 30 million on that scale. By contrast, vitamin C in skincare rates under 100,000. Herbal face food is using all post-consumer recycled materials and packaging. They use glass and aluminum, which is super easy to recycle as well. The products and packaging are 99% free of plastics. They contain no ingredients that involve the destruction or harm of any plant, animal, or marine life. These are 100% plants only, these products. These active concentrates are coming from the seeds, the fruits, the leaves, or the flowers of the plants only. These products have been a complete revolution for me. I know that you will love the way your skin looks and feels after using it even for just a day or two. And the best part is that Herbal Face Food has offered us, you, my community, a code to receive 20% off forever, ever. The code is capital E-L-E-N-A 20. Once again, that's my name in all caps, ELENA2020. The site is herbalfacefood.com. The code is all caps ELENA20. It's not just your first purchase, it's any purchase. You will love these products, and I am so grateful 
herbal face food for the change that you have made in my life. Thank you. Welcome to the Practice You podcast. My name is Elena Brower. Together, we'll explore and enjoy content and conversations around mastering transitions. In our relations, our wellness, our careers, our families, and especially in our missions and visions. You are invited to learn and love and listen with me. Welcome to Practice You. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a huge grin on my face. I have waited so long for this moment. I have with me today two of my dear friends. The first is Katie Denno, who is the Clean Beauty Authority. She is an A-list celebrity makeup artist. She has recently worked on Jillian Anderson, which is making me swoon. <laughs> oh my God, welcome. Thank you so much. Thrilled to be here. Oh, so nice to have you. And Joshua Onisco is here, who is one of my literally best friends, founder of Pangea, Pangea Brands CEO. He has just launched the most sustainable packaging suite of products that we will see in our lifetime up until this point. And I'm so happy to have you here because I feel very connected to this project. I've been sort of swerving in and out of this project for a very long time, and I want to welcome you both here. Thank you so much, Elena and Katie, for yes. being on the podcast today. Yes. Such a so, pleasure. Such a pleasure. Katie is, uh, for our listener, Katie is now going to be working closely with Pangea Brands to share the importance of the sustainable packaging that has now been launched. I am here to share how much I absolutely love the new products. I can't get over them. I thought I loved them a lot before, but now this is a whole nother level. And Joshua, I would love for you to share a little bit about the background of the Pangea brands so that our listener can start to get to know the arc of your existence with this and why it matters so much to you. Absolutely. I got into the beauty industry um, 21 years ago in, in 2000, the year 2000. And, you know, the arc has been researching ingredients and sourcing and packaging and constantly as a brand, our ethos is to be always looking and how we can raise the bar when it comes to truth and formulation, efficacy, and the sustainability of our packaging. And what we launched last week with the new Pangea products and packaging really is the culmination of 20 years of doing nothing but this. And when I say this, I mean researching ingredients when it comes to science versus trends mm. and researching farmers that we have partnered with literally around the globe who are de have dedicated their lives to growing the most organic regenerative um, ingredients we could possibly ever source and probably about four and a half five years ago i decided that the next echelon of sustainability when it comes to packaging really has to be plastic free we are in a plastic crisis and have been for many years. And the beauty industry contributes billions and billions and billions and billions of pieces of plastic annually to that problem. And many of this, many of these products end up, many of these pieces of packaging end up in our oceans and in our water. 
and they're finding plastic in our bloodstreams. And I decided as a founder and a creator, I needed to raise the bar when it came to what is plastic free. So we spent the last 27 months rebranding, reformulating, and researching pretty much every material on earth to deliver the products that uh, we now have today as our brand. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. What do you think is the billions number that the beauty industry contributes in pieces of plastic per year? Um, the cosmetic cosmetic industry adds 120 billion mm -hmm. units of plastic packaging annually. Oh my God. Yeah. 120 billion. Yeah. It's a lot. I mean, you know, one of the, one of the things that we realized during our research is the pumps and the sprayers, mm -hmm. you know, right now where we are, we have to use pumps and sprayers, but pumps and sprayers aren't recyclable because they're made of many little moving parts and you can never recycle those. Right. And we realized why are we selling products with new pumps and new sprayers on every single bottle? We don't need to be these pumps and sprayers can be built and designed to be last, last a decade. So they could be transferred into your next bottle, into your next tube, whatever it may be. And that is to me, the low hanging fruit. That's the, the trend that I want to start is that we're no longer selling things with new pumps and sprayers. Right. To me, that's something that can happen in the next year. That doesn't have to be something that comes 10 years down the road. Mm -hmm. Got it. So we would maintain our pumps and sprayers and only buy them if we needed them. Correct. Mm -hmm. And until we come up with some other option, that's the best option. That is the best option. Yeah. Katie Denno, mm. my favorite makeup artist <laughs> of all time with whom I've ever worked. <laughs> Um, so much. your work is subtle. It is, uh, it's feminine, it's respectful, it's soft. And yet there is a beauty that you bring out a glow that you bring mm. out of everyone with whom you work. That is unmistakable. I can tell when it's you. <laughs> Honest. Thank you. Oh. And I would love to know, you know, you have a majorly inspiring background. You started your career as a human rights advocate, social worker, mm -hmm. first of all, including working in an HIV clinic in the Bronx. Mm -hmm. Hi. <laughs> um, can you tell us what about that time in your life catalyzed the shift in your work? I'm so curious. Yes, I've, it's now been over a decade that I've been doing makeup, but I have to say like the times, the over a decade that I spent working as a social worker uh, still is so much at the forefront of my mind. Truly uh, every day when I, when I go to work doing makeup, I think about those clients. So like you said, I worked, um, uh, worked with many different populations in social work, but when I worked in uh, hospitals in the Bronx and HIV um, serving, uh, clinics, HIV positive population serving clinics um, and women's health clinics, I learned a lot about what we put on our bodies, how much of it enters our bloodstream from those uh, medical providers. And I saw, you know, medications being administered through the skin. And fast forward to doing makeup and looking at the backs of products, both skincare and, and makeup color and not knowing what any of the ingredients were, not being able to decode anything and asking some of my counterparts when, you know, during fashion week backstage, 
I was that person, you guys, do you know what this means or what is this ingredient? And everyone was like, who cares? Just, you know, it, it makes skin look beautiful. Like it all kind of came together for me. And I early on thought this isn't okay with me at all. I need to do some deep dives and see, are there any products out there that are not formulating with all of these plastics, uh, synthetic fragrance, all sorts of other who knows what petroleum derived um, and just simply not botanically based ingredients. And, uh, and I found that that pool from which to pick was very small um, formulas in skincare at the time, like about 15 years ago, were, were okay. And Pangea was seriously leading the way. And, but color cosmetics was barely even, you know, a blip in the, in the thought. Um, you know, I think that it was like, oh, well, we, it's not possible. We're not going there. And there were, you know, some ruddy colored products um, with crumbly textures available at the health food store, but that was about it. And right. whoa, what a change the past decade and a half have brought. Yeah, now we have shades for all shades. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a big problem and continues to be something that the industry at large is working on correcting, um, but even doing it at light speed is not fast enough. In your estimation, in your very expert opinion for our listener of color, what are the best brands for skin uh, of color? Great question. Uh, Ilia has an expansive um, complexion range in, as far as foundation and uh, concealer. Kosas just launched as well a large uh, foundation range. There's a brand called Exa that has 48 shades. Ah, I hope I'm correct with that saying that um, with a multitude of you know underlying undertones. Um, Alima Pure as well, founded by uh, uh, Southeast Asian entrepreneur so making sure that those skin tones that often are um, omitted from other lines are represented so there's just there's a lot of people working really hard to make sure that everyone can find products that match their skin tones there's a new line called cheek newish line called cheekbone beauty that has uh shades it was founded by a woman of native american descent and her shades are bold and fun and and show up on deeper skin tones. So there's there's a lot of great stuff out there now. Cool, yeah. really cool. And Joshua, I wanna know about the most recent products that I just got on my counter here. They are so gorgeous mm -hmm. from the cleanser to the toner, to the oil, to the moisturizers. I have two different kinds here that I've been playing with both of them. The hand cream mm. is my favorite mm -hmm. still, and now it's in a nice little aluminum tube, which makes me very happy. Me too. Um, <laughs> yeah, talk to us about the formulations. How have they shifted? What have you changed? What's What's been the evolution? I think the, you know, as, as Katie was mentioning earlier, you know, when I started in this industry 20 years ago, the palette, so to speak, of ingredients that I could use with my own kind of standards of cleanliness, organic sourcing, where it's coming from was like non-existent. I mean, it really was. I mean, I remember being at a, a, an organic trade show in Nuremberg, Germany and meeting uh, a, an Egyptian farmer at a bar and talking to him about like the, the essential oils a really he good joke. I know. <laughs> and we still buy from this gentleman today because he ended up converting his entire farm 
to organic essential oil production. And, you know, back then there was maybe five essential oils you could buy organically. And to me, organic is an extremely important thing. I've noticed it fading out of the realm of clean beauty. And it's a little disappointing to me because, you know, organic, buying organic ingredients is better for you, right? You're getting 20% more antioxidants than conventional ingredients. But for me, it's also about what are we saying yes to? What are we voting for? And when you vote for things that are not organically produced, you're saying yes to mostly, unfortunately, developing countries, growing ingredients for the cosmetic industry that are still using really, really harsh petrochemical based um, uh, fertilizers and herbicides and fungicides that are ending up in our products and they're ending up in our water and they're ending up in our soil. And it's a place, again, it's a low hanging fruit to say, hey, you know what? We can buy organic fair, fair trade shea butter for our product and we're supporting the earth. We're supporting the farmers, which 87% of the world's farmers are women. Mm-hmm. And we're supporting the cleanliness and efficacy of our product. Yeah, And that's something that I really want to see come back strong into our industry. And on top of the organic ingredients, we've really focused on things that have really started emerging in the last few years, like niacinamide and my favorite that I got to experiment with for the past couple of years is Bacuchiol, which is in also my favorite product, the glow oil, which, you know, people are, what's the product you wouldn't leave home without? It's the glow oil. It's that. It is. Bacuchiol is literally one of the best ingredients that has come into the market with natural beauty ever because it's delivering almost identical uh, attributes of retinol, Mm. which is one of the best things you can use for your skin. But the problem with retinol is it dries your skin out. You can't wear it during the day. It can make your skin permanently uh, sensitive to pretty much everything. Whereas Bacuchinol, you can use it day, you can use it at night, you can use a lot of it. And it's supporting amazing farmers in India, comes from the seeds and leaves of a bush that is native to India. And we added it to the glow oil and it just transformed already our number one selling product to something that I think is just going to continue to grow. How do we spell Bacuchiol? That's a real question. <laughs> it's uh, let's see. It's B-A-B-A-K, isn't it? Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry. B-A-K, yeah. I should know this. B-A-K-U-C-H-I-O-L. Bacuchiol, and it comes from a bush in India, you said. Yeah, it's the leaf seeds of a bush in India. I see. You know, it's been around forever, but it's something that just started hitting the industry and, and we ended up using a lot of it. It's pretty expensive, but um, we use a lot of it in the glow oil. And um, to me, it's, it's mm-hmm. the best. I can, I can feel the difference between that and the other. I use many different oils, including, you know, all kinds of really rich, expensive face mm-hmm. oils. Tried it all. And this one it literally glides over my skin, is absorbed, and yet leaves kind of a glow. And I'm kind of amazed that it could be better than the balancing oil, which mm-hmm. I loved. And it's beautiful as a makeup artist yes. under makeup. And a lot of oils break down makeup. So if you're somebody who needs to put or feels the need to put foundation on for your everyday, 
and you've tried other oils and they tend to make the foundation you put on or conceal or whatever um, beat up or disappear quickly. Um, this one, because it absorbs so beautifully, it doesn't do that. Katie, I'm curious to know from you, what of this line, what are your favorite products and why? Well, that's hard to say because I've been truly loving everything. And I have to just give a huge shout out and prayer hands of gratitude to Joshua for pushing the envelope and and creating what I've been wanting across the board, as he said, like the as you said as well, Elena, like the f- the first and only fully recyclable packaging. And that it, for me, every day when I come home and there's new boxes of products sent by PR companies on my front door step, I'm like, oh, I'm adding to the plastic crisis. Oh, like I walk into a drugstore and look at the walls or the shelves and it's like, oh my, I'm thinking about all of this plastic crisis. So for me, it's extraordinarily important to support brands who are who have chosen this path who are leading and create, you know, forging this path, but also those whose products, you know, the actual ingredients and the formulas are spectacular. So uh, back to your question. Um, mm. I mean, first of all, every single day I've been using <clears throat> and loving the de-stress foaming cleanser. That for me was, I, you know, I still have PTSD truly from years of cystic acne and so I'm, I'm always fearful of, of trying something new and straying and cleanser has been one that I've always been worried about. And will it take everything off without stripping my skin and causing my skin then to produce too much oil? That de-stress foaming cleanser, Joshua, you killed it. It is, killed yes, it. it's my favorite. I have now gifted it to a lot of clients who have the same fears as do I, um, who need to remove that full face of makeup at the end of the day. And for, of course, for those who don't, I don't wear a full face of makeup. Um, it's, it's just beautiful. So I generally start and end my day with that. Um, I mean, at the very top of the list is the eye cream. I can't, I try, of course, just like how you said, Lenny, you've tried everything. Eye creams, I've tried hundreds of eye creams and I've been looking, you know, looking for one, A, that is wonderful under makeup. This does not pill, which so many do. And you know what I'm talking about if you've ever had this happen and you thought, oh, I don't have time to wash my whole face now, but now I have all these little balls of concealer underneath my eyes. This is not cute. So if you're doing the eye cream topped with a little concealer, this is the one. Uh, It also doesn't travel into my eyes and make my contacts smeary, which I know the skin underneath our eyes has been, I've heard from eye doctors, this is called migratory skin, which is an interesting look under a microscope at some of these, the structure of this, of the way the skin is underneath the eye. Supposedly it, it brings whatever is on this, on that, on the skin around the eyes towards the eye. And, um, and I experience this with every other product as it, you know, the day goes on, it's immediately in my eyes. And also essentially removing my eye makeup with every blink, my mascara transfers. Um, It's like the opposite of oil cleansing. The product is on your skin, but the intention is not to remove your makeup and you know, while you're wearing it. So I haven't experienced any of those negatives that I do with so many others. And I think that in large part, it's because it, it also absorbs so quickly. A lot of eye creams are thick and rich and sit on top of skin, which is great if you're not wearing any other makeup or sunscreen or anything. But if you are, you need something that's not going to interfere with what you're putting on top. So those are two tops. Also, I've been using the um, ultra nourishing um, moisturizer 
the, sorry, ultra-rich nourishing moisturizer for day and night. It's often something I would recommend at night just for folks who are, are you know, normal to dry. But living in California, I, in, in a desert, I find it is spectacular for my skin. My neck in particular looked dry <laughs> extensively before this stuff. And also, again, underneath makeup, it's beautiful. So those, I, if I to keep it to just a few, those would be my top three. And then I have to say the hand cream. I mean, I've always loved, but boy, oh boy, that hand cream. And that's like the finishing touch on with every client before I send them onto the red carpet or wherever I give them a nice hefty dose of top of the hands hand massage with that. And uh, everybody loves it. And then is I've watched them like smelling their hands throughout the night whenever totally. I see pictures. Yeah, totally. Watching the um, the reaction of somebody using that hand yes. cream for the first time is always something really fun for me. <laughs> Same. I keep it at every sink in my house. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, this is really good. I would love now to turn toward the packaging because that's what blew my mind the most. Um, James, my boyfriend, who's a packaging designer, I opened the box and I showed him the the molded fiber packaging for the certain bottles in the in the collection he gasped which he never does he's such a snob he gasped and he was like oh my god joshua is the real deal yeah that's what he said yep <laughs> at which point i called joshua and i learned something that was really fascinating to me which is when you buy an iphone which our listener most likely definitely has in the package with your iPhone is a little white insert that holds the iPhone steady in the box and doesn't let it move. It also has a little space for the headphones and the little uh, booklet so forth. That little package is made of a very innovative molded fiber that is also being used in the Pangea packaging. And it's of note that the Apple company and the Pangea company are at current the only two clients for this molded fiber material. Joshua, I need to hear the whole story of how this <laughs> happened and how the hell you got that to, to be true. You remember that we, we, we were the first company to launch molded fiber in the cosmetic industry in 2006 with our plantable packaging. But back then there was no company, uh, this company that we're using right now actually didn't exist. And we were using an egg crate carton company, which um, was really, really complicated. And when I decided to go plastic free, I wanted something that really protected the glass because glass gets damaged, you know, and I wanted something innovative that you could throw in your compost, which I know Elena, <laughs> Elena's uh, earthworms are right now eating our molded fiber boxes in her Dude, earth, earth box, earthworm feasting. box in her backyard. And I... And I contacted uh, this company who has never made outer packaging. You know, they make a lot of packaging uh, for Apple and, and other tech companies, but they had never been contacted to make something that was consumer facing. It's always something that's inside a box. And they ended up getting very excited about it. I mean, it's a huge company now. They got very excited about my concepts and ideas and I was fortunate to work with Josh Ivey, who's our in-house designer. He's been with us for 17 years or so. And we got to work with this company over the past 14 months to produce these beautiful molded fiber cartons that perfectly hug every glass bottle down to, you know, one twentieth of a, of a millimeter. 
and I couldn't be more happy with the way they came out. They look beautiful. They're fully compostable, backyard compostable. And they're really just, you know, raising the question around why do we do things a certain way to me, right? So if you're going to buy something in a box and you look at it and there's usually a ton of airspace in there. And this is something that is kind of prevalent in all industries in the consumer packaged goods world. That little airspace might not look like a lot when you're buying one thing, but you have to realize that everything in the world that comes in a box has a ton of airspace in it. And that all adds up to more waste. And how can we use less? How can we want less? You know, and it's kind of just reminds me of the suffering of consumerism. How do we create something that is really minimizing the waste, the impact that we have on the earth? And to me, this was step one. Step one was creating an outer package that is only the exact amount of material that we need, not one square inch more. And so obviously the next step is how do we, how do we use these products with no packaging? Ooh. So this is where we start to get into like refills for the cleanser. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to go through what we're working on right now, but that's our next phase. Our next phase is, okay, we created packaging that looks beautiful. How do we allow people to use this packaging for 10 years before they have to replace the packaging? And so that's the next phase. So I think a last couple of questions, I don't want to keep you guys for too long. And I like to keep these conversations short and informational, but I would love to know, Katie, what has inspired you the most in recent months, let's say, about your work? Because I think you do, of, of all the makeup artists I know, you do the most for um, fighting for organic and fighting for sustainable. What has made you uh, the most inspired of late? All right. Well, number one is on this podcast with us right now. Um, in innovation in packaging is now... I mean, for the past probably four or five years, been my focus, but there had, you know, it's been my focus, but I haven't seen a ton of it in actually making it to the shelves. So, which is why I was so excited to partner with Pangeo and when I'm making this connection. Um, so, you know, across the board, uh, packaging, and when I think about cosmetics as well, color cosmetics that are pushing the envelope and making change, there's there really are quite a few. Um, packages or brands who are packaging in glass, some in metal, most aluminum. Um, and then those like a brand called Axiology, who has been amazing, uh, Latina founded and run, and run. And she's just been so fun to watch. Uh, her cute little chubby crayons are packaged in paper, simply a little scrap of paper. I shouldn't call it a scrap because it downgrades it. Um, but it, it is the perfect, easy to toss in your bag. The external packaging which in which you purchase it is made from also paperboard and um, there's no waste at home compostable. So it's like, you know, lots of Lots of brands I, I hear through the grapevine because they've reached out to say, we're thinking of making these changes. I know there's a lot more coming. And there's a brand uh, called Aether Beauty, A-T-H-R, that was founded by a woman who used to work at Sephora as their sustainability director. 
she left to pursue this project um, and she creates packaging or she creates products, cosmetics. Her initial, like right out of the gate, she made the most beautiful eyeshadows that um, are housed in paperboard packaging, really chic, elegant paperboard packaging that um, in the products themselves come in little metal um, compressed metal trays. And then she's expanded and has a, a number of other things. So she did the little things like she doesn't include a mirror in everything. Um, you know, we, we have mirrors. We don't, if you're in your car, you've got a mirror there and the visor, you have one at home. She doesn't need to include a mirror that will not be recyclable. Uh, you know, you have right. to pry it out. Um, things like that. In, instead of including a magnet to keep something closed, she includes a, a little a string rubber band you can cut off and that's your only waste. So lots of things like that um, and right. so many more on the horizon. Yeah, that's it's it's so sweet to see that people are finally catching on. It's a little late. Yeah, that's how I feel this, too. But mm -hmm. but I think it's happening. It's happening. At least we're here. Um, and Joshua, to close with you, friend. I'm just so proud of you. I'm th thinking back to when we first met, the first time we ate at Hampton Chutney. Hmm. Oh, I love that place. Can we reconvene there at some point, the three of us? I wish. Oh my God, I wish. <laughs> Um, and you were sharing with me about what you were building. And then we had this sort of meeting with a bunch of folks from my yoga studio where Joshua shared the first range of Pangea products. And it was from in Battery then, Park. In Battery Park, exactly, at the park. I think I had the kid and he was a baby baby. Yeah. He's now six foot one. <laughs> That's so silly. Um, but Joshua, between then and now, you've had a pretty incredible road, uh, replete with, you know, fails, victories, understandings, learnings. If there were any sort of commentary that you could give us to one, the listener who is starting a project or excited about something that they want to build, to teach them about how important failing is, and two. What are you most proud of? I think it's kind of all the same thing, you know, like people love to talk about the, the question, what is the purpose of life? And you can either go ma macro or micro on that. For, but for me, life is legacy. In every aspect of what we're doing in every moment, life is legacy. Every time you make a decision, every time you take the time to stay silent, to allow someone else to say their piece, to hear their truth. You're making space for someone else in your life. Every time you make a decision, you're going to buy something or move somewhere or do something or take action against something. You are adding one more marble to your jar of legacy. And so to me, I've dedicated my life to making my legacy about creating change in my industry. You know, I can't stop the war between Russia and Ukraine. I can't go out and stop the massive uh, non-renewable resource uh, issues we're having in the world. I can't stop global warming, but what I can do is support organic regenerative farmers worldwide, create plastic-free packaging, and start a movement in the industry that I am a part of. And for me, that's my legacy. And when you're out there creating your own thing, forget about the money. Forget about the growing the brand and X, Y, and Z. Try to decide what is the legacy that you want to leave behind because 
that's all that's going to be left at the end. You know, your body disappears, it turns back into dust, but your legacy will be here forever. And to me, I try to remind myself of that in every decision that I make and every word I choose to speak. How is this adding to my legacy? And I think that, I think that adds also to this part about making sure that kids who are starting out know that failing is a huge, important part of the process and how you show up when you're failing. <laughs> you are an example of that, Joshua. I've seen you go through really hard times with both work and personally, and I've seen you just pluck yourself out of the morass and come back and come back and come back and come back. And this iteration of Pangea is a real telltale sign of your, of your commitment to this legacy. And I really thank you for it because it's changing the way that I see things again and again. Thank you for being a part of it. Both of you. For sure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Both of you. Thank you. Um, Joshua, as things go on, obviously we'll keep in touch and I, um, you can look forward to a post from me as soon as possible on this. Um, and I love you both. And I thank you both. Love you too, Elena. Mm. Thank you, AG1, for sponsoring the Practice You podcast. My listener, you've been hearing me talk about AG1 for some time. I think I've been taking it daily for almost three years. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens in one scoop in the morning. The best way to start your day supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and longevity, the conversation of the moment. The taste is delicious. It's suitable whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar. No nonsense in here at all. It's a multivitamin that your body will actually absorb. If you are wanting to make an investment in your health and longevity, AG1 costs you less than $3 a day, far less expensive, and definitely less time-consuming than many different supplements. Reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient, delicious daily nutrition. And since you listen to the Practice You podcast, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Elena. Once again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash E-L-E-N-A. Take ownership of your health, my listener. And thank you, Athletic Greens and AG1.